Hello and welcome to your Expansive Evolution podcast. My name is Emmy and this is the third episode, I think, maybe fourth, um, where I'm just sharing my deconditioning personal experiences so that it can be either make you feel less alone or you can possibly learn more about your own design and deconditioning process as well. I am a 2-5 splenic manifester and I have two aha moments to share today that are really just changing the game for me, basically. So the first one I wanted to talk about is about being a manifester who rests and who sometimes creates, right? Manifestors, we've been taught in traditional human design that manifestors have these bursts of energy where sometimes we put everything else to the side, everything else becomes a lower priority, and we're now in creation mode and we're creating, creating, creating for however many hours and days and potentially even weeks where that lasts and then the rest hits and we rest for a very, very long time. Now, I have been taught that we are meant to be 80% of the time resting, 20% of the time creating slash working. And I think, to be honest, that may have screwed me over because I was taking it so literally and I was trying to, like, I wouldn't say I necessarily actually did the math, but I kind of almost did. Like, I literally took... (laughs) I did the math of how many months there are in a year, how many days, right? And I was like, how much is 80% of a year? (laughs) I forget what the answer was, but anyway, I can't do math on a live podcast right now. But um, it's just funny to think that I literally would try to do the math, you know, to break down. This is all very mental. This is a very mental process, as you can tell, right? Do the math of what 80% of a year is. I took it way too literal, And I think it screwed me over because I also wasn't necessarily in tune with my body to be able to tell when I actually had genuine inspirational energy to work on something versus when I was just, uh, I didn't have energy and I just wanted to rest and chill out. And what changed was two, two things, two, two things prompted the change that one, my generator partner has been urging me to just friggin' rest and just chill out and do whatever the hell I wanted without the pressure of needing to start this business and, you know, grow it and like establish it and all this stuff um, right after I just left my job. So I left my job end of May 2023. So it's been six months or something, seven months or something. And I have only worked on this business since then and I have not really rested and I wanted to rest before I started working on the business. So I wanted to have like a June or July after I left the job to just chill out and relax and experience what it feels like to be a manifester and relax. But I did not do that. (laughs) I jumped right into working on the business. I was working seven days a week. Sometimes I was working far more than eight hours a day. I mean, it was like not like, so sometimes I felt like I was in an inspirational creative cycle. And then mm, I'd say 60 to 70% of the time I felt like I was just pressuring myself because I was like, I need to make money. I need to make money. Um, you know, I need to be successful. All this stuff that I think is very much mental, which is not a good place to make decisions from in human design, as you may know. And also it was just coming up from fear. 
And so one of the things that I started to realize is that my generator partner recognizes that I'm very different from him, which I very much appreciate it. And he is like, you need to just chill out, like just chill out. I can hold us down for a couple of months financially speaking. And I know that that's a huge privilege that I do appreciate and I I acknowledge. And it was really hard for me. Um, So I decided to do it. It was like pure resistance. It was really funny watching myself try and actually relax and be in flow. It's quite comical because it's just like, how is this hard for me? (laughs) And a few of my best friends know, like I've literally gone up to them and been like, how do you relax? Because I genuinely don't know how to do it. (laughs) And as you can imagine, I just received uh, laughter in return. Um, you know, I'd be like, what activities do you do? And for how many hours? And they would just be like, I don't know. I just like watch movies or read or something or like go get a massage or whatever, take a nap. And I'm like, okay, checklist, you know, like I should do these things (laughs) each week or every other week. Anyway, I was just way too heady about it. Um, which didn't do anything. It, it, It literally did not help me one bit. I was not able to relax at all. So um, I don't really know what what the change was or what the shift was. It may have been the many, many conversations I've had with my generator partner to like encourage me to like get it through my thick head that I just am, I just need a break. I need to just take a break, you know, audit my life to, you know, reflect a little bit. I left that job. I want to start my own business. Like, where are you at? What's your why? What's your big purpose? Actually start implementing your human design on deeper and deeper levels. Work on your own deconditioning. Like, turn your focus and your lens and your glasses from external to internal, basically, if I had to summarize it. So, you know, I did. It probably took me like three weeks to actually start feeling like the progress was being made. Like it probably took me three weeks to actually slow down. You know, it wasn't like a sudden overnight thing where like day one, I just started not working and just relaxing all day. That's totally not how it happened. Um, But I started to just tinker around at home a little bit more. I was more cognizant of like, cleaning up and tidying and rearranging the furniture and just like being a little bit more physically present in the home and you know taking a little bit more longer time to cook things and like be more present with that and be more present with longer stretches because I do like to stretch and like stretching a bit longer you know and just slowing down in general And over the course of those three weeks, I was finally able to really get into my body and actually start following whatever actions it was that my body wanted to do. And so if my body wanted to go for a jog, we went for a jog. If my body wanted to drink tea, we would drink tea. If my body wanted to laugh and just do some, watch a silly comedy movie, then I did that. Um, It was really purely just listen to the body and follow what the body wants, period. And if I had an idea, if I had a mini creative urge, then I would sometimes follow that too. But I really only followed it if I felt this kind of buzzing energy within me to do it. 
Whereas I can feel like with me slowing down and being more present with my body, I was able to better decipher the difference between an idea and a creative urge as well. You know, I teach my clients this where, you know, there's ways to see the difference between ideas and creative urges. Generally speaking, ideas are fleeting. They don't last for more than a couple hours or maybe a couple days, but a creative urge will not leave you. Um, It's just a bodily urge, like it's a literal kind of deep desire that you want to do this. And an idea is kind of like, it's kind of like a, it's a higher like giggliness, you know, it's kind of like, Ooh, oh my God, it's going to be so exciting. And then it could be this and then it could be that. And then, Ooh, ooh, ooh. but it's not actually grounded. Uh, whereas the urge feels really earthy. It feels really like grounded in the body. So anyway, I started to be able to feel the difference and I was able to follow a few of my creative urges that were smaller, you know, like starting a blog um, on my website. So I have four posts there if you want to check them out, but they're really just for more of a general audience that's new to human design. Whereas with this Substack, I'm getting um, a little bit more into the nuances based on my own personal journey of deconditioning. But anyway, I started that. That was a creative urge and I did all four blog posts in one night. Like, you know, it's, and this is the thing that I'm also realizing is that when a manifester is in creation mode, like we create so much so fast, like it is fucking powerful. And we, I think we fail to remember just how powerful that is. Um, we truly are like rockets or like volcanoes, you know, like it's immensely powerful and, I think that's, you know, this idea of like slow and steady wins the race is so not us. (laughs) We are not that turtle. We are, I've been starting to use this imagery of a volcano only also because of the whole anger thing and like the not self um, theme of anger when we get interrupted. But um, yeah, I think it's just also indicative of like, we're basically just chilling out, relaxing and dormant (laughs) most of the time. Until we erupt with creation, with like creative hot lava, you know, Um, which happens once in like thousands of years. (laughs) Because literally, and then if you go deeper into the metaphor, it's like the tectonic plates are shifting underneath, which is kind of how a creative urge feels, you know, like that's what I'm trying to describe here as like this very earthy, deep feeling within that's like, it just has to be birthed out of you. You know, it isn't about like flying high and like feeling giddy, you know, because you're on like laughing gas. Like that's not what it feels like. Um, so yeah, I just, I just started to experience flow in a way that was allowing my body to lead the way rather than trying to mathematically and like intellectually and mentally figure out when am I supposed to be resting? When am I supposed to be working? How much rest? How much work? Is this activity considered rest or work? You know, like I was like constantly trying to freaking analyze myself and like audit my life and how I spent my time. And that was like so, I felt like I was policing myself and it really wasn't giving me any progress. Like I wasn't experiencing any deconditioning. It was just me policing myself, (laughs) which is not fun, obviously. Um, So the other prompt for this um, kind of change 
in how I'm living my life so far is that a manifester human design person in the community, her name's Adrienne Roach, um, she wrote something in a Facebook group like months and months and months ago, and it always stuck with me because it was different from what I had learned from my first teacher. And the what she said was that for manifestors, rest is our baseline. It isn't about cycles. And that really struck me and challenged me because I was like, wait, what? I thought we had cycles. Um, and I think, you know, there's lots of different teachers that teach it that way, that we have cycles. But what I appreciated about this concept is that it allowed, it gave me the permission to reframe it based on how I experienced it, you know? And for me, it even still to this day, I'm still kind of like, is rest our baseline? I also feel challenged by the word rest because I think for me, I did feel like rest just meant laying on a couch or a bed for a majority of the day, every day. And that is totally not how I have been feeling, at least for the last two months. Um, What I'm starting to really shift into is prioritizing flow and just how my body wants to flow. And if the flow means I want to go hiking for four hours and then like work on my business later, that's great. I have a lot of creative energy. Or if my body wants to just watch a comedy movie and just chill out for the rest of the day, let my body do that, you know? And so when I have little pings of my intuition from my splenic authority or when I have a big rush from my defined root center, like just follow those flows. And that just gave me so much relief to just allow myself to like stop freaking thinking about it and just go with the flow. You know, it's so like, and that's such a commonly used term that I think has lost its meaning really because I'm like genuinely actually starting to live in flow and it feels fucking amazing. Like I actually feel like I'm, I am a little log in the river and I'm just going with the river's flow. I'm not clawing at the riverbanks being like, no, but I have to stay here longer and I have to help that, I don't know, whatever, something that's going on in the riverbend. Like, no, if the river's flowing, I'm going with it. Like, bye. And it's just the best. It's the best because I feel like I'm leveraging the energy that is appropriate for that time. You know, when my energy wants to write blog posts, I'm writing blog posts. My energy wanting to record this podcast today, I'm recording the podcast, right? My throat is being relieved of the energy that it has building up in itself, right? My root center yesterday got its relief because I went for a run and a full out workout when I haven't worked out in like months and months and months. And I had surprisingly had a lot of energy. I don't even know how I worked out for 45 minutes, but I did. But that's because of my root center was just like revving up and it wanted some release. So it's just like beautiful to actually finally start living in accordance to where my energy is at. And, you know, when I left my job, one of the goals that I had for myself, I have a defined heart center. So I tend to make goals unintentionally. I tend to make intentions and goals for myself all the time. So the one of the intentions and goals I had when I left my job was I want to start actually living my life in accordance to my values. And that meant everything, you know, from like how I eat, how I dress, how I consume 
things, how I relate to people, how I uh, spend my time, how I share my gifts, you know, all these things. I wanted to start living in alignment with my values. And what I'm seeing now too is like I wanted to also live in alignment with my energy. You know, I wanted to work when I had energy. I wanted to rest when I did not have energy. Like it's just that simple, but it makes a huge difference. Like holy moly. And all of the shape-shifting and the morphing and the contorting that I've done for 36 years is exhausting. And I know almost all of you listening to this can relate to this, right? Like we have, I'm in a very weird, unusual and unique experience right now where my partner is able to financially support us and you know, at least for a couple more months. And I have to really take this opportunity because it's not going to come again. And I, and I, I'm so grateful, but I'm so grateful for the revelations that I'm having as well. And yeah, to be able to actually be in flow, like, I don't know how other manifestors in this world, and I've seen it in the Facebook groups, right? Manifestors and non-sacral beings come on and they're like, how am I supposed to shift into not working as much and resting more when I still have, I have to pay for food, I have to pay for rent, I have to, I have kids to feed, or I have healthcare um, bills or whatever it is, you know, how am I supposed to just stop working? And my answer to that really is like, you know, I've had some clients come to me with that too. And my answer is like, this is not an overnight switch. Like, I think for non-sacral beings in this very capitalist world that we live in that expects daily, you know, uh, like, you know, just everything, the economics of it and everything, like we can't work two days a week and then still have enough to cover our rent and food and everything. Unfortunately, that's just not the case right now in this economy. So I think that there is... A necessary patience that people need to have when it comes to shifting their whole life, their whole lifestyle to be able to support their non undefined sacrals, you know, and I and I used to be one of them. I used to feel like, well, how am I supposed to do this? Am I supposed to just quit my job tomorrow? Like, what the hell? This is impossible. This is unrealistic. Like, this feels even more oppressive to hear <laughs> that I'm supposed to be resting most of the time. And yet I can't do that in this society. Um, and he used to make me angry, you know, but then you like watch these people who actually do have a life where they don't have to work 40 hours a week and they're making more than a hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, like there's, this is possible. (laughs) Um, but it doesn't happen overnight, right? So yeah, it's taken me and my partner many months to figure it out. Like, how are we going to financially do this? You know? So I guess what I'm saying is that if you are struggling as a manifester to balance this kind of work and rest situation, try to just take some time to slow down more whenever you do have time. Like if you're working Monday to Friday, nine to to five, then maybe it's just about taking those evenings and weekends and like slowing down a little bit, maybe meditating, maybe doing some yoga, whatever it is, maybe take a walk every evening for 20 minutes. Like if you can fit that in, maybe things will start shifting for you. Um, And the slowing down is really meant to help you tune into your body. And then you can, by being more in tune with your body, then you can really start finding your flow, right? You can sense the literal sensations about being uh, energetic versus being restful. 
there is this Instagram post that I recently came across and it said, what hustle culture doesn't understand is that resting is not taking your foot off the gas. It's putting fuel in the tank. And that changed the game. Like I have not looked at it that way at all. And I appreciate it so much because it is so true for non-sacrals that the rest is about refueling the tank. It's about rejuvenating so that you even have energy for your next big thing, your next creative urge. You know, it may not be big, but whatever, whatever creation it is that's next. It's so important. It's so, so, so important. And it's so impactful. I mean, I'm sure every human design reader has told you this already, so I don't need to repeat that. But yeah, I just wanted to share that um, quote because I think it's really interesting. I'll embed it into the Substack. So the other thing that I wanted to share um, as my current revelations when it comes to deconditioning is around my splenic authority. So I received a comment on Instagram um, about someone who's struggling with their splenic authority. And when I prepared my response to them, Um, I came across, uh, you know, I was preparing a response for them and I came across, um, something that said that the, the key to, or one of the keys to be able to support you to really tune into your splenic intuition is to determine the difference between the fears. So what I thus far have been telling my clients is to decipher the difference between your mind's voice and your intuition And, you know, tune into like, maybe the cadence is different. Maybe the voice is different. Maybe how they speak to you is different. Maybe the language they use is different, right? So that's one thing. But what I really appreciated is this advice because it's so, I think it's a little bit easier to identify the difference. And what they said is you need to decipher the difference between a fear that is protecting you versus a fear that is hindering your progress. Boom. So what they just kind of how they described it is that the fear that is protecting you is your intuition. That is your spleen talking. That is your intuitive guide. That is the intuitive wisdom that's telling you in the moment, right? Spontaneous pings from the intuition in the moment that's telling you, uh, we don't like this. You need to leave. This is unsafe or this is unhealthy and something's got to change, right? And so sometimes that does ignite a bit of fear, whether that's a small fear or a big fear, whatever that is. And that is there to protect you. The other type of fear is a recurring fear or worry. And that's it. Like that just mic drop, change the game. Because I feel like 95% of the fears that I hear in my head are from my head. They are not from my intuition. They are, in fact, recurring fears and recurring worries that I have had for years and they always come up as the same pattern with the same situations and same opportunities right if I'm in a certain life situation same fear comes up and I'm sure you have the same experience right whether you have a defined head or not this is regardless of that this is just the common patterns of how fears fear shows up in our not self you have those common patterns and the work of human design is to invite you to undo those fears or at least to determine the difference enough between your authority and those not self fears so that you can just, you know, kind of put it under the rug or at least try your best to like turn the cheek and be like, okay, thank you very much mind. I'm going to listen to my authority though, you know? Um, So that changed the game. 
Like I really love that because it just helped me audit all of the self-talk that I have and all of the times that I did have a momentary spontaneous fear that came up and it didn't actually, surprisingly, it actually didn't elicit that much fear in me. It didn't make me shake in my boots, which is really interesting to me. It often came with this is dangerous or this is not good for you you know, move, leave, change, don't, don't, uh, you know, go with this person, don't go with this opportunity. So it gave me an advice or gave me direction of what to do. And then I, it didn't leave me shaking in my boots. It didn't make me feel terrified. Whereas the mind's fears feel terrifying. Like they feel like the, the, the floor is literally going to shake and disappear and I'm just going to be falling for eternity. You know, like the, these fears are like, oh, what are people going to think of me? Oh, um, I don't know. Like, what if I become homeless? Oh, what if, I don't know, just like all the what ifs and like all the literal um, worst case scenarios that come up, the negativity bias, like, oh my God, you know, our mind plays so many games like this and all of our undefined centers do too. So yeah, that's an exercise that I encourage you to do. Definitely if you have a splenic authority or even if you just have a splenic um, definition and you have a different authority, then this could also be supportive for you because yeah, it supports you to work with your fears and to know which ones to listen to and which ones not to. And I think that, you know, I've told my clients this too with, with a defined spleen and with a splenic authority that Yes, as much as the spleen may like uncover some fears for you, it may also give you exactly the um, tools needed to walk through or walk forward even though you have those fears, right? You can hold the hand of fear and still walk forward. You know, they say classically like courage is not the absence of fear. It is like still moving forward with the fear. And that's exactly what a defined spleen gives you. It gives you that ability to do that on a consistent basis. So I hope that was helpful for you or insightful for you. Let me know if you had any aha moments or some follow-up questions for me. And I'm happy that you're listening and hopefully you're getting something out of this. And every time I share these things, I end up having my own aha moments, which is really great, whether they're nuanced or like big revelations. So I'm going to keep doing this probably. And thank you for listening. I hope that you are stepping into your expansive evolution or at least finding joy throughout, even if they're in little moments through your journey with expansive evolution. Sometimes it can be very hard, but I'm right there with you, as you can tell in this podcast. So best of luck to you. Have a beautiful week.